Hey everyone, thank you for joining me today on Positive Perspective Podcast. My name is Nicole J and I'm your host with the most. On this podcast, we'll cover a broad range of topics from relationships, spirituality, meditation, self-love, sexuality, mental health, feminine care, and much, much more. Please hit us up on Instagram at posvibes underscore. That's P-O-S-V-I-B-E-Z-Z underscore. On YouTube at Positive Perspective Podcast. You can send us an email at positivepodcastp at gmail.com, okay? Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and tell a friend. Thank you guys for joining me today on Positive Perspective. I'm your girl, Nicole J. So happy that you decided to tune in today. Okay, so we're going to do things a little differently today. I know typically I always tell you guys how my week has been. We're not going to do that. I kind of just want to dive right on into it. Today we're talking about self-love. I'm going to talk to you guys a little bit about how... um, my journey to self-love um you know went for me throughout the years i'm gonna give you background about you know what i experienced in my life and we're going to talk about it we're also going to talk about um ways that you can elevate yourself and get to a point of self-love and have a great self-esteem self-confidence and self-worth okay we're going to talk about that give you guys some tips on that and then we're also going to talk about shadow work okay we're going to really get heavy into it Um, So with that being said, let's go ahead and do it, shall we? Okay, so let's talk about self-love. Self-love is something I struggled with my whole life. Um, from a young child on into my teenage years and on into adulthood. Um, And my lack of self-love started from feeling unloved and feeling inadequate as a kid. You know, that was the whole root of it all. Um, Now, before I go into details and talk about what I experienced, I want to give you guys some background on um, the structure of my family, okay? And just a little bit about me. Um, now my dad passed away when I was five and so my mom raised my brothers and me. Um, now I was born in Brooklyn. We all were, but, um, a few years after my dad passed, we moved to South Carolina. We lived in Charleston, South Carolina, and we also lived in Somerville, South Carolina for most of my childhood. Um, and I want to say this as well. Everything that I'm sharing with you guys is me speaking from my perspective, from my experience and from my lens. Okay. And I say that because um, a few years ago, I had a conversation with my younger brother about my upbringing and just how I felt about, um, you know, the things that went on in my life. And um, he couldn't relate at all. You know, his viewpoint on how we were raised is totally different from mine. You know what I mean? And I respect that. But this is me speaking on my life, my struggles, and my experiences, okay? Now, for me, Um, Love was never expressed verbally or physically from my mom. And I honestly can't think of a time where my mom actually poured into me or when she told me she loved me or cared about me, you know, and I struggled with that. Um, And I also struggled with my dad's passing, you know, him not being around had a major impact on my life. And I often found myself trying to fill that void, you know, of him not being there, you know, just wanting his presence, wanting his love, his hugs his advice, his protection, you know, wanting to be daddy's little girl. And the fact that that could never be, it crushed me, you know, it crushed my soul. 
and I really didn't know what to do with those emotions. And so I'd go to my mom sometimes and want to talk about it, but um, she wasn't really receptive to it. And at times she would just brush it off. And so I was forced to bottle up all of these emotions at a young age and it was very unhealthy. You know what I mean? I just didn't know what to do with, with those feelings that I had. Um, and as I got older, I would say in my early teens, that's when things really started to shift for me. Okay. Now on the home front, um, you know, when I was about maybe 13, 14, um, there was little to no supervision. You know what I mean? I could literally do what I wanted to do with no repercussion. And I took advantage of that, you know, and I wasn't the only one. My older brother, he definitely took advantage of it too. You know, he must've been maybe 16, I was 13. You know, he was out doing whatever he wanted. And, you know, I was too. Now my younger brother, he was way too young. You know, I want to say maybe 11. So, you know, he was always in the house, but, um, you know, my brother and I, we definitely, you know, we definitely took advantage of the fact that my mom was, you know, either not around or just not, not really focused on us. You know what I mean? So, um, the family dynamic, um, at that time, you know, was what it was, but it wasn't always, you know, um, it wasn't always to a point where we didn't have structure, you know, it just, things started to change. And, I really can't pinpoint a, a time where things started to change, but I do know that when I was younger, maybe around, you know, 9, 10, 11, I remember, you know, the family dynamic being different. You know, I remember um, having balance and structure in the home. You know, I remember my mom being around a lot, you know, um, and if she did work, she worked part time, you know, um, she'd always cook. The house was always clean. She'd take us out sometimes. Homework and school were top priority. She would always help us with, you know, schoolwork. Um, she was active, an active parent in school, you know, PTA. And, um, you know, I remember her coming to um, field day and watching me, you know, um, watching me compete in some of the activities out there. So she was definitely present, you know, when I was a lot younger. But slowly, that solid foundation, it just started to deteriorate. You know what I mean? And... I, I don't know what happened, you know what I mean? I do know that um, she went from, you know, working part-time to taking on full-time jobs. And these full-time jobs, they were only temporary though. You know, they wouldn't last very long because she was getting survivor's benefits from my dad after he passed. So we lived off that for a while, you know? Um, so I, I don't know, but I do know that when she was around, you know, when I got older and I was about 13, 14, that we'd never even have conversations. You know, she'd be in her room and I'd be in the living room or I'd be in my room and she'd be in her room. You know what I mean? Um, and that was a very critical point for me, a critical age, you know, 13, I was changing a lot and I had questions and curiosities and, you know, I didn't really have anyone to talk to about these things. Um, when it comes to me and my mom, we never had, you know, the talk about sex. Uh, we never talked about, um, you know, becoming a woman. We never talked about school. We never talked about peer pressure, self-love, growing pains, none of that. You know what I mean? And so as a result, I ended up kind of like trying to figure out these things on my own, which was dangerous. You know, I mean, I was a vulnerable little girl who wanted love, attention, and affection. And 
you know, trying to figure it out on my own, it just, <laughs> it put me in a lot of bad situations. You know what I mean? Um, because I didn't know how harsh the world could be. Um, I didn't know that not everyone has good intentions, you know, um, and I didn't have core values because they were never instilled in me, you know, and I didn't understand how precious I was. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't know that I was a queen, you know, I didn't know that I was beautiful. I didn't know that I was a treasure. And so anytime I'd hear a guy, you know, give me a compliment or say something sweet, you know, I'd get all excited or, um, I'd say to myself, oh, he must really mean it. Or, you know, he cares. Um, you know, that type of thing, because it seemed sincere enough and it made me feel good. It validated me. You know what I mean? And I felt like I needed that at the time. And um, I think that the guys I dealt with could sense that, you know, they could sense my vulnerability. They could sense my low self-esteem. And I think they fed off of that. You know what I mean? So the guys I dealt with were a lot older than me. And um, I'm sure to them that I was, you know, an easy target for manipulation and to just be taken advantage of, you know. And with that being said, I'd always end up, you know, in these situations where I felt used or broken and hurt, right? Um, and it, it was like a cycle, you know, it, and it just, it's like it, it would never stop. It was like from one bad situation to another, to another, you know what I mean? And um, when I was a teenager, I had a lot of friends and the weird thing is all of my friends were in the same boat. You know, we were all just trying to figure shit out. We we all had parents, and not all of us, but most of us, you know what I'm saying? Most of us had parents who weren't really involved in our lives or, you know, our parents were around, but they weren't really, they weren't really, you know, focused on us the way that they should have been. You know, a lot of my friends, they struggled with trauma and sexual abuse. I also struggled with sexual abuse. And I'm not going to get into sexual abuse right now um, because, I, you know, I don't want to do too much um, because, of course, you know, talking about your past can be very healing and liberating and helpful, but you don't want to do too much. You want to do things at your own pace. You know what I mean? Because it can be a lot on you emotionally, you know, so I will most definitely talk about that in the near future, you know, but back to um, back to what I was saying about my friends and I, you know. We were pretty much just trying to navigate through life as best we could, you know. And, you know, I was really open with my friends. I wasn't closed off at all, but there were certain things that I did not share with them. And one of those things were, um, you know, um, what I experienced at home with my uncle. Um, my uncle, he was very abusive verbally and physically. Now, this is my mom's younger brother, okay? Um, and he had issues, you know. Um, he would just go off in these fits of rage and most of the time it was just random you know uh, sometimes he would just snap if you said something he didn't like but either way you know it didn't justify his behavior and um for some reason i just i always was you know the main target i felt like i was always the one he would take his anger out on um and i think it started when i was about 10 and it lasted for about four years, you know what I mean? Now, um, my mom, you know, she would witness these things. And, and of course, there were times where she would try to intervene, you know, and protect me. And then there were times where he would attack her and I would try to protect her. And that just always made matters worse, you know what I mean? Um, but eventually, as crazy as it sounds, it became something that my family got used to, you know? Um, I, I couldn't understand it. Um, you know, for me, it just wasn't, 
it wasn't acceptable. But, you know, my family, they would always allow him to come back around after he would have these blow ups. You know, he would offer no explanation, no apology, no nothing. You know, it was like it never happened. It got to a point where, you know, sometimes I would hear family members say, well, you know, that's just how he is. You know, it was that type of vibe, which made no sense, no sense at all. You know what I mean? But what I experienced with him, it definitely took a toll on me emotionally, you know, and in the aftermath, after everything was said and done, after, you know, he would have these episodes, you know, my mom never came to me to ask me how I felt, um, nor did she say, you know, hey, those things that he said about you aren't true. You know, she wouldn't ask me if I was okay or anything, you know, it was almost like it never happened. And so I felt very unprotected. You feel me? Um, like no child should ever have to normalize abuse of any kind, right? And so the dysfunction of my family, along with the sexual abuse, along with my father not being around um, and, you know, struggling with just loving myself and self-esteem and trying to figure out who I was and, you know, my physical appearance, it all left me in a really delicate place. You know, I needed consoling, I needed comfort, um, and I needed protection, and I got none of it, you know, not even counseling for the physical or sexual abuse, I got none of it. Um, I had no outlet, you know, no one to talk to, and I just kind of suppressed these emotions because I didn't know how to deal with them or how to process them, you know, and I think eventually I just ended up avoiding it, and um I just put it so far in the back of my mind, it just became buried and it was almost like none of it ever happened. You know what I mean? And um, so at 15 years old, um, 15 was, uh, whew, that was a tough year for me. Um, at 15 years old, I was, um, I was drugged and raped by someone who um, I at the time considered to be a friend and like I said earlier we're not going to go deep into sexual abuse because I will share my story um, you know on a different episode but um, after the assault happened um, my mom decided to move from Somerville South Carolina she moved us to Virginia Beach okay um, the way she tells it is she just wanted a fresh start, okay? So she moved us out of state. Now, Virginia Beach was, was cool, you know. Um, it was hard for me to make friends, you know. Um, I was going through a lot. Um, in the beginning, of course, it, it was okay because, like I said, I was able to just put things behind me as if they never happened. But over time, eventually, um, you know, everything that happened um it started to resurface and i started to struggle a lot um at 16 i met my children's father in high school um and the dynamic of that relationship was pretty much the same as any other relationship i had been in honestly um it was you know emotionally and verbally abusive and at times physical as well um, there was heavy judgment from him all the time. Um, he was, you know, a bit controlling. Um, you know, I always felt like I really couldn't express myself the way I wanted to. Um, and, um, you know, it just overall took a toll on my mental health. 
and um not going to take anything away from him he was a good father you know what i'm saying and we didn't always have bad times but you know that relationship really really brought me down to my lowest you know but i will say that everything i endured with him was the catalyst for my healing towards my healing journey because i ended up just getting so tired of the way life was you know i got tired of not getting anywhere i was severely depressed um i was diagnosed with anxiety and ptsd you know and that's not just from what i was going through with him that's from just overall throughout my life you know um i was tired of being put down though i, I was drained and i wanted more for my children i wanted to live you know and i knew that it was up to me to get myself out of that situation um, and that it was up to me to start the healing process. You know, no one else could do it. I knew that. So um, I started counseling, which was a huge step for me. And I also started to listen to a lot of self-improvement, self-love, self-help content on YouTube. Um, and I became really consumed with just wanting to grow and live fully, you know. Um, and I love to read, so I started to read a lot. And I started to switch my focus on just becoming a better me, you know, my best self. And in 2017, um, I got finally got the strength and the courage to um, separate from my children's father. And, you know, I had to start all over, you know, with four children now. Um, when I left him, I had nothing, but I knew that it was necessary. I knew that I had to go in order to grow. And not just for me, but for my children, you know. I mean, they witnessed a lot of the the fighting between their father and me and it was not something I wanted them to be exposed to um, and as hard as it was to make that decision to leave I, I knew that I had to you know I think it was difficult for me because the idea of my family being broken or torn apart you know it kind of just tore me up inside you know um, I wanted my family to be whole. I wanted my children to experience life with both parents because I didn't have that. But in all honesty, looking back on it, you know, in hindsight, my family was broken way before I left, you know, with all of the things that were going on between uh, my children's father and I, it, it was it was already broken, you know, beyond repair. You know what I mean? So I did what I had to do and what was best for all of us. But um, this whole journey to self-love, self-discovery has been tough. It's been a little difficult because um, everything I felt about myself, everything I thought about myself, everything I was ever told about myself, um, I had to now replace with different thoughts, you know, with positive thoughts, right? Um, I now had to shift my whole mindset. Um, I now had to heal and nurture my inner child because I was grown, you know, when I left my children's father, I was about 32 years old, I was very grown. Um, when I started working on myself, I was a grown woman, but I still felt like a child in so many ways, especially emotionally. You know, that little girl that I, I that little girl that just wanted love and protection, she was still there, you know, she was still there and I had to address it. I had to address her and I had to be there for her, you know. And because self-love and self-esteem and self-worth were all new to me, 
Um, you know, when I started my, my healing work, I felt unworthy, you know. Um, it took years for me to get where I am today. And I'm still healing. I'm still working. You know, the journey to self-love is continuous. It's a process that takes a lot of patience and time. And, um, you know, it's different for everyone. Everyone's journey and what they experience during that healing journey is going to be different. One of the major challenges that I had to face was just figuring out who I was. Because when I was younger, I had this larger than life personality. You feel me? I was the life of the party, right? But years after the trauma, especially the sexual trauma, you know, and being in that relationship with my children's father, I changed a lot. You know, I changed tremendously and I couldn't accept that, you know, I couldn't accept the new person that I was. And I kept trying to be the old Jess, you know, but that wasn't who I was anymore, you know. Um, but every time I would try to be her, it, to me, it would always come off as phony and desperate, you know, and I had to come to terms with the fact that I was just different now and that it's okay, you know, it's okay, you know, it's okay. You know, I'm a little more reserved and laid back than I used to be, but that is okay. Not only that, but I've changed for the better. I'm stronger. I'm wiser. I'm healthier. You know, I'm in alignment with who I really am and who I'm supposed to be. And I love who I am. You know, I had to build myself up. I had to, I had to learn myself. You feel me? I had to accept every part of me, you know, every part of me, um, the things that I didn't think were so beautiful, you know, the things that I may have always been teased about, the things that maybe, you know, my ex didn't like so much. I had to accept every part of me and I had to love on all of those parts of me. You know what I mean? And because of that, I am here today and I'm happy to be in this place, right? Because when I was in the midst of it all, like in the thick of it and just going through everything I was going through, I never imagined that I'd be talking so openly and so freely about my life. I never thought that I could be in a position where I could even try to help anyone. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's a blessing. It's a blessing to be here. And I'm still working. I'm still working. I'm still working, still healing. Trust and believe that. So with all of that being said, <laughs> That was a lot. So I'm going to stop there. Um, we'll pick up next episode talking about self-love, self-worth, and self-esteem. Um, we'll dive into what they mean. And I'll share some tips with you on how you can work on all three. We're also going to talk about shadow work because shadow work is very, very important. Guys, I can't stress it enough. We're definitely going to dive into shadow work. So... I'm so glad you guys decided to join me. Please do come back for our next episode um, as we continue this discussion. Um, don't forget to pour into yourself. Do something that makes you happy. Energize yourself in whatever way that you choose to do that, okay? Be safe. Have a great day, guys. Bye.